Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Uh, Today's scripture verses from Job speak of Job's ignorance of the grand scheme of things, of the workings of creation from the earth's foundation to the deepest depths of space, to life in between. And it reveals Job's theological ignorance and perhaps ours. As you listen to these rhetorical questions from God, focus your attention on the video projected behind me and consider how much humankind has learned and then how much we have yet to discover. Job 38, 1-7. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Certainty. How much are you willing to sacrifice? How much are you willing to pay with a feeling of certainty? Of knowing what is ahead? Of knowing what might transpire? How much would you be willing to give for that? How much would you be willing to sacrifice for that? Well, if you want certainty, one of the greatest ways to remain certain, one of the greatest ways is to have a closed mind. You see, we hear a lot today about being open-minded, but with open-mindedness comes a sense of uncertainty because you're always being exposed to new ideas. But if you want certainty in your life, if you want a sense of knowing where you're going and how you're going to get there in life, keep a narrow, closed mind. So how much are you willing to give for certainty? Well, the reality is, when we entered into this world as infants, our minds were blank. We had no ideas up here already. We didn't enter this world pre-programmed. Everything that we have now in our minds, we received from something outside of ourselves. We see this especially from caregivers to children, teachers to children, And in the area of religion, we see in particular this idea when it comes to religious leaders telling people what they ought to believe and what is true. 
ministers have a reputation, and rightly so, of being individuals who will tell you what is true. I don't know how many times I've heard my fellow ministers say, God's will is, or God spoke to me. But when you hear that, when that crosses and enters through your ears, you don't have to do a lot of thinking. Because this person in authority is telling you what is right, what is truth. And all you have to do is make sure that your filter is working. What do I mean by that? Well, as new ideas come into your mind, you filter them through everything else you know. You run it through the filter, and that filter will sift through and decide what agrees with what you already know, and it'll keep that. If it's an idea that does not agree with what you know, it will dismiss that. And by doing this, you will have a sense of certainty. Now, that certainty may not be realistic, but it's still, even if it's not realistic, it makes you feel like you're certain. And that's all you really need, is just to feel that everything's okay. In the area of religion, this is first and foremost expressed in our ideas about God. Again, we didn't enter into this world knowing about God. It was something that we learned, either intentionally or unintentionally. You can find and understand that being such a wide variety, because if you ask someone, tell me about your God, what you believe about God, more than likely, it will be varied. Why? Because we were taught different ideas about God. But one of the ideas about God that the vast majority of Christians still hold on to is that God is our creator. The vast majority of individuals still believe that God created our world. And with that comes the idea that the earth is actually quite young. You see, if you want to read Genesis 1 and 2, the story of our origins, and if you want to take that literally, then you will have to accept the idea that our world is actually quite young. Anywhere from 6,000 to 10,000 years is the idea. And the reason why they know that is because from dating in the Bible, they say that we can find that number of 6,000 to 10,000. And so God is the creator. Now, what difference does that make for us today? How does that give us certainty today? Well, the God who creates in the Old Testament is a God who is very engaged with God's creation. God is hands-on. 
You read stories in the Bible, this God of the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament, this God, he, God tells people what he wants them to do. God shares with people what his will is. He even gives them laws that they need to follow. This is a God that you can pray to. And this is a God who will answer to you. This is the God who gives you a great deal of certainty and comfort in life. Let's face it. Life is difficult. And to have a God who will be there for you, a God that you can turn to and believe that this God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present, uh, that just warms you, doesn't it? Makes you feel like, okay, I can handle this situation. God and I, buddies and we're okay with that idea as long as we don't expose ourselves to new ideas but lo and behold leave it to the scientists to mess everything up for us i don't know why but scientists for some reason they're always discovering new things well, again, if we can run those through our filter, then everything's going to be okay. Until there is so much new stuff coming into our filter that we can't keep up. One of the greatest discoveries that entered into our world that we could not filter very well was when we learned how to look up into the sky beyond just our naked eye. The text that Janelle read for us and that we read from Psalm last week, all of those texts are based upon a particular worldview that the ancients held. If you look at this slide, it is a wonderful depiction upon how the ancients believed our world was like. And this is the God that they worshipped, was the God who created this. So if you look at this picture, one of the things that stands out is that the earth is flat. Ancients, the Israelites, they believed the world was flats. And the world had water above it and water below it. Now, if you look at there, there's this arc that is going across. And that arc is what is called a dome. Some translations in Genesis re refer to it as the firmament, which is really difficult for us because that word does not mean the same thing for us today. But this idea of this dome, and above the domes is this amount of water. Well, this view makes perfect sense when you read about the flood story. 
The flood story says that the windows of heaven were open and all the water came down. Well, all that water that was up there above the dome, when the windows opened up, it came crashing down. But that wasn't enough to cover the world. That's why the water also had to come from up below. So the ancients believed that there was this mass amount of water upon which the earth sat. And there were pillars that held it up. Well, during the flood, the water came up and burst through the land and flooded the earth. This is the view that the ancients gave for us. And above the dome, where all that water is, is the heaven of heavens. And God can either dwell there, or God can dwell on the earth. There's even a reference that there's a chariot that will take you back and forth. A lot more fun to ride than an elevator. But this is their view of the world. And this is the view that their God worked in. But until some people say Galileo was the first to use a telescope, as remedial as that was, it probably wasn't until 1608 that we actually had a telescope that allowed us to go into the depths and see beyond what our naked eye could see. And when that happened, we begin to see our world differently. But we kept the same God. On December 21st, I mean, I'm sorry, on December 2021, when we, when NASA shot a rocket into space, and with it, the Webb Telescope. Whatever had happened to this worldview, whatever began to call it into question, that telescope and the pictures we, we received from it blew it up. This worldview that you'll find in the Bible no longer works. It was wrong. But a lot of people don't want to believe it. They want to keep this God that was worked well in this old view of the world, they want to keep that same God and move it in today. But that creates a conflict. And there goes the certainty. And the conflict is, did God create the world or did the world evolve? And if the world evolved, what role did God play in that, if any? Well, there's a lot of Christians who simply say, eh, evolution is wrong. It's just a theory. It's wrong. So they keep that view of the world and they keep that view of God. Now there's others that come along and say, well, 
We can't ignore science completely. So they try to blend science and the evolutionary theory with God. And we have what is called theistic evolution, or the idea that God is the force or the energy behind the evolutionary process. But how involved was God? Did God have a purpose with the evolutionary process? Did God guide it? Did God foreordain it? And there's some people that would say, yeah. But again, if you look at that, all of a sudden you realize God probably could have done a better job, a more efficient job. Or you can remove your filter and allow yourself to be open to new ideas about the origin of our world and the origin of us as a species and a new way of understanding God. But if you open yourself up to that, more than likely, you're going to lose a lot of a sense of certainty. Because with that Webb telescope, it answered some questions, but it gave us a lot more questions. Today, astronomers talk about black matter. It's the stuff that we believe exists but we can't see it. We do know that galaxies are separating from each other more and more. This separation is taking place, but we can't explain why. So we came up with the word black energy. It's a way of saying this is a placeholder because we don't have the answers and we're going to come back to that as we discover more and more information. Now, how do you take this picture of our world, of our universe, how do you take that with God? How do you bring a God from the Old Testament with this old world, young earth view into today? Well, one possibility is to just try to move it straight across. That's going to be difficult. But there's another possibility. A possibility that just as we are learning more and more about the universe and the origin of our planet and the origin of us as a species, just as we're learning more about that, you ready for this? Maybe the same applies to God. Just as there is still so much mystery around the universe, and when you look up in the sky, when you look at the pictures from the Webb telescope, all of a sudden you realize, 
wow, there's so much we just don't know. Maybe that same idea can apply to God. There's so much we just don't know about God. Again, I understand that if God has given you a great deal of stability, if God has given you a great deal of compassion, and that God is fully engaged in your life, the thought of giving that up might be too much right now. And if it is, don't give it up. But maybe you are at a place in your life journey that this God doesn't work as well as it used to for you. There's another option. It's the God of mystery. The God that as soon as you start to describe it, you've missed it. What I find so cool is that the ancients, I think they had a small idea about this. Look again at the scripture reading in Job. One of the things that stands out to me is that the person who wrote this, they created a dialogue between God and the figure Job. They wrote this conversation down as they saw it. And as we read these words, all of a sudden we have an insight into how some people thought about God back then. And maybe there were a few mavericks who were saying, we don't know God as well as we think we do. Listen again to Job 38. And now, finally, God answered Job from the eye of a violent storm, and he said, <clears throat> Job, why do you confuse the issue? Why, why do you talk without knowing what you're talking about? I, I love this translation. What a God. Huh? Job, what are you talking about? You don't even know what you're talking about. Pull yourself together, Job. Stand up. Get up on your feet. No slouching. Stand up tall, Job. I have some questions I want to ask you, and I want some straight answers. God asked Job the first question. Job, where were you when I created the earth? Now again, the writer is writing with the worldview that they only know, but they give us a picture of this God who is beyond human understanding. Now, I don't know how many people back then believed this or saw it the same way, but at least one did. And they told us that God is a mystery, that humanity will never fully understand. 
So here's the dilemma we find ourselves in. It's why I asked you at the very beginning, how much do you value certainty? What are you willing to pay for it? What are you willing to sacrifice for it? The more we learn about our planet, the more we learn about ourselves, the more we learn about the universe, the reality is we will lose more and more certainty, and we will have to learn to live with the mysteries. There was one such individual who was able to do this and not only do it, but had a passion to share it with other people. His name was Carl Sagan. And this is what Carl Sagan said to us. The common God that is portrayed today is too small. The God that is portrayed today is too small. It is a God of a tiny, tiny world and not a God of a galaxy, much less of the universe. So, what about your God? You got a small God for a small world that at least makes you think that you have certainty? Or do you have a God that is so large and vast, that as soon as you even mention a tribute, attribute to God, you've, you've missed it. You have to decide that. Because your view of God will impact how you see yourself and how you see and treat other people. Is your God too small? Only you can answer that. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at beatitudeschurch.org backslash online giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.